here on earth is the only time and place that we actually get to truly bring a sacrifice of praise that this is what gives so much worth to my worship when I still choose to worship him in the midst of the trial when I still choose to love him and to not withhold anything this is the worship circle podcast Hi, this is Todd Fields, and you are listening to the Worship Circle Podcast. Man, it's so great to have you listening today, streaming from wherever you are. Thank you for subscribing. So many of you have subscribed. You're following us on social media, on Instagram at, at Worship Circle, and on Facebook at My Worship Circle. It's just been a joy to hear some of the feedback we're getting from this podcast. It sounds like it's been a real encouragement to you. Our purpose at Worship Circle is for you to know that you're loved and not alone as a worship leader. I know for, for myself, gosh, no matter how big the church you're serving in, how small, sometimes it's like week after week and you're just going, God, I feel alone and I feel like I need some fresh air and I need some life. And we're here to just remind you of who you are, whose you are, from brothers and sisters standing with you literally all over the world. And our mentors have been doing this for a lot of years. And it is our joy to pour back into you and pass on things that God has taught us from mistakes we've made and seasons we've been through. It's just our joy to do that. Last week, we heard from Miss Natalie Grant, and on social, on our Instagram channel, we asked for some feedback because so many of you were uh, just reminding us and telling us of what uh, you had learned from Natalie. It was really a great podcast. And uh, we got this from Jennifer Ford, our friend at Port City Community Church over in Wilmington. Hello, Mike Ashcraft is the pastor there. Jennifer said, I never thought I could enjoy a podcast while working out, but this episode proved me wrong. I was so caught up in everything Natalie was saying and was truly sad when it came to an end. Thank you, Jennifer. And so many of you are are voicing your feedback on Facebook as well and telling us about um, what this podcast has meant to you. So thank you for tuning in. The most important thing before we get to Kim that you've got to know right now is that we have started our application process for our next term, and it begins the back half of October. But the applications are first come, first served, and first approved. And you go to worshipcircle.com to apply to be in one of our community groups led by Christy Knuckles, Kim Walker-Smith, Jeremy Riddle, Paul Balash, Meredith Andrews, and myself. And we've been doing this for three years. We've got so many leaders that have been through our mentoring program that are doing an amazing job on the front lines for the kingdom, all connected. And we've all got relationship for a lifetime because we've spent time month after month praying together, crying together, going through the ups and downs of life and sharpening each other as worship leaders. As part of the Worship Circle program, you upload a video of yourself leading and your coach and our team get to see what you do. So if you're a pastor listening and you're thinking, man, I would love for my worship leader to have some tips and training from some people who have been doing it for a long time to walk beside them. We are here for you, and we would love to have uh, your leader jump in. And if you're a worship leader and you feel like, man, I would love this opportunity, go to worshipcircle.com, apply now, send us your videos. We will check them out, and groups are filling up fast. So it's on a first-come, first-serve basis. Do that now. Our deadline is October 11th, and we can't wait to see those applications for the rest of you that we have a few spots left for. Also, we have a retreat coming up. Can't wait for this. At the end of our program, guys, every time, and it's so great because you're in community with worship leaders just like you. Girls are with girls, guys are with guys, but at the end of the six-month term, and some people stay in 12 months, 
But at the end of the term, we all gather for a retreat. This year we're in California, and it's crazy because we get to have a meal with our coaches, our whole team for the first time, and actually worship together in person after going through just all that we've been through online and learning together. And it is one of the most amazing life experiences I've had and our coaches have had and the leaders that have been through the program. But we'd love to see you at the rest retreat. There's a few spots left, www.worshipcircle.com forward slash rest. You can check that out. Well, my guest today uh, is just, it's just an honor. She's a co-coach with the other leaders in mind. But my wife, Carrie, who has been just a huge part in my life of all that God has done with our story and all that he's doing with Worship Circle, she just has this uh, perception and wisdom that has been key for what we're doing in Worship Circle. And I remember um, after Christy and I started coaching, Kim and I had done a thing called Worship Rocket, an interview together, and Josh Fisher, who's the drummer at Jesus Culture, is a friend of mine, had introduced Kim to me, and I interviewed her, and Carrie was just like in agreement with me, but Carrie just said, she, I think, needs to be your next coach. And Kim just has a love for the Lord and a joy that it's it's contagious. And if you've followed her life and ministry for any amount of time, you know that to be true. But Carrie and I got on a plane about a year and a half ago and flew out to hang with the people at Jesus Culture, Banning and the whole crew. We just love them and what God does through them in Sacramento. But we went to breakfast with Kim and her mom and met Skylar. And it has just been a joy and honor to see her and see God use her life and all that she's learned as a worship leader to pour into the girls that come into her small group. So she is our special guest today. We did this interview right before she had her baby daughter, Maisie, who she has now. But Maisie's coming to the world, and she is so precious. But um, Kim is going to have some amazing insights for all of us today. So get your pad and pen together, or if you're driving, just make mental notes. But it is my joy and honor to introduce my sister and fellow Worship Circle coach to you, Mrs. Kim Walker-Smith. Hey everybody, I am on with Kim Walker-Smith. Kim's a coach with the Worship Circle, but long before that, she was with Jesus Culture and still is just an amazing worship leader and an awesome gift to so many in the church and has been for years. Kim, thanks for your time with us today. Yeah, happy to do it. Well, hey, let's get into your background a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your family, kind of growing up, what life was like for you. Yeah, um, I, as far as like music goes, I grew up in a really musical family and, you know, my mom played piano and she sang, she sang in a little band for a while and my grandparents, everybody, you know, plays and, and sings. And, um, my mom put me on a stage when I was three years old and I did my first musical at four. And then I kind of grew up doing musical theater and, um, was always like, uh, loved, loved music and singing, but not ever anything I took it like seriously yeah. or anything like that. Uh, I never thought I'd be doing it for like a career or life or anything like that. Um, my parents, uh, divorced when I was, um, four years old and I had a few different stepfathers and then my mom, um, married my, my stepdad who, who became dad in for me and in my life when I was about 12, almost 13 years old. And, um, when he came into our lives, he got us going to, to church on a regular basis. And that's when, um, God and, and church kind of came into my life in a much stronger and bigger way. 
But um, I was so hurt and and wounded from the different things I had walked through with previous stepfathers and just really difficult circumstances. And um, I was just really angry and hurt at God. And Mm. so I, it took me quite a few years, actually, before I fully surrendered my life to God and really trusted Him with my life. So at 18, my senior year of high school, I finally like had an encounter with Jesus. I, I fully surrendered my life to Him and then did not look back from that point. And um, after I graduated high school, I ended up in Redding, California, and um, that's kind of the the history i guess like yeah. family like you know growing up and the music side and the other side so you were like a prodigy though yeah. <laughs> 3 and 4 years old <laughs> good grief kim i i started young but it's funny i i love to tell people it, it's hilarious when i was in high school um as a freshman i got kicked out of choir my <laughs> my choir teacher he he thought that I, um, his, his exact words were, I was trying to change years of tradition, um, which is really funny, like knowing me and my personality now, but he forbid me to be in choir at all in high school. And then, um, when I was 18 and I had moved to Reading, I was going to, um, a Christian university there yeah. in Reading called Simpson university. And I auditioned for the worship team as a background singer. Cause I just thought, well, I grew up singing. I like singing. I I can do it. Maybe this is a good way for me to make some friends. Right. And I did not make the team. And <laughs> it's it's so funny because any time I actually tried to pursue music a little more seriously, it never actually <laughs> worked out for me. So. That's crazy. It's kind of funny. Hey, there's a story. Yeah. <laughs> there's a story there for people listening who have been turned down, right? <laughs> for all of yep, us, there's this. There's. I mean, there's a lot of people doing amazing things with a gift who in their early days got turned down or they didn't make the team, they didn't make the band. That's an encouragement to all of us. Yeah, definitely. Was this about your – I remember one time when Carrie and I met with you and your mom, she mentioned a talent show thing you were in. Was that much later or was that around this time? That that was later. That was in my – Oh, like my early twenties, yeah. I I did this um, talent show that was put on by the local Fox uh, television yeah. station in Northern California, and and that was the first I won that, and <laughs> that was kind of the first like kind of major musical accomplishment I right. think in my life where <laughs> I was like, oh, I actually did pretty good with it. <laughs> yeah. So was it like an America's Got Talent thing, similar but on a smaller scale? It was, yeah, it was similar, but on a smaller scale, like Northern California scale, you know, people watching on usually like Sunday nights and on like our local channels and then people would get online and vote. Yeah. It's similar to like um, America's Got Talent or American Idol or things like that. That's crazy. Yeah. We all start, we all have crazy journeys with our gifting and talent. Um, so, Jesus culture, like, where in the world, how yeah. in the world? I know you tell a story often to people, but for those listening that maybe don't know the background, just real quick, a little bit of background about how Jesus culture started and where were you and all that. Yeah, so, while I was um, at Simpson, 
Thompson University in, in Redding, California. One night I was driving around in the middle of the night and I was just crying and asking God, like, what am I doing here? I'm not doing good in college. I don't have good grades. I, my, I work really hard, but I just struggled in, in school and struggled with learning. I had some issues and I, um, I, di- I didn't make the, the worship team. <laughs> I didn't really have, you know, any friends and, um, I was just really lonely. And really like isolated and kind of like, why did you send me here? Yeah. And, um, and, and I should back up and say, before I left high school, I'm in my backyard praying one day and, um, I actually had a scholarship to Oral Roberts University okay. and I was praying and the Lord told me to go to Redding, California. And I turned down the scholarship, found the school in Redding and, mm. and went there. And it was all like, I had, I didn't know well, what's in Redding. I'd never even heard of it. I had to, you know, Google it practically and figure it out. But anyway, in the middle of the night, I, I drive up to Bethel church and I, I realized it's a church. And at the time they had built this um, prayer house, that's open 24 hours for people to go and spend time praying, yeah. spend time with Jesus. And in the middle of the night, there was some people in there praying. And I thought, what is this? This is so bizarre. Like people in this thing praying in the middle of the night and drive around. I think, well, I'll come back and check this church out and came back the the following Sunday. And I, I was just kind of like blown away all the instruments on the stage and the <laughs> flags and the dancing. And it just kind of was a little overwhelming. And yeah. so I was like, is this, is this okay in church? Like people <laughs> worshiping so passionately about Jesus. Like, what is this? And, um, I left, I, I came back another Sunday and an usher came and greeted me. And I told him I went to the university down the road and he said, I know a girl from there. And he introduced me to my friend who to this day is one of my closest friends. Her name is Angelina. And, um, she lived on campus like me, went to Simpson like me. And she, was the one who kind of pulled me in and got me connected to the church and was really great answering all my questions about worship and Jesus. And so much of my early discipleship, I think was her. Mm. And, um, she, she was a volunteer in the youth group and asked if I wanted to come and check it out and maybe volunteer to help in the youth group as well. Cause she's like, they, they need help. And, um, I came in, she introduced me to Banning right. and Banning Liebscher is the director of Jesus culture and at the time, he was the uh, youth pastor, and he started a summer youth conference and called it Jesus Culture. And I ended up just really connecting with Banning and getting involved with the youth group and with Jesus Culture. I was the social events director, so I planned all of our parties and all of our like outings, um, camping, you know, youth camp, you know, all that stuff. I planned all of that, and I I loved it. And um, then over. Over the time, you know, over a few years, Banning kind of discovered that I could sing and was interested in worship. And he asked if I would kind of help with the worship team and kind of teaching some of the young girls how to sing and to be yeah. a part of the, the worship team. And that's where I got connected with Chris Kilala, the other worship leader, because he was kind of running the youth worship team at that time. Right. And um, then we decided one year at our conference, at our 
Jesus Culture Conference that we had every summer, we should record and make an album. And the whole purpose was that we just wanted these teenagers who were coming in the summer to the conference who encounter God and have their lives changed to have something to go home and keep encountering Him and keep growing and kind of keep the worship alive. And um, because, you know, they, they come and they have this encounter and then they go back to life and school yeah. is normal and come back again in the summer and have to kind of like reconnect. And um, so we wanted something to see if we could build momentum. And um, we recorded our first album, uh, Everything, it was called, and it does not sound good. <laughs> like most people's <laughs> first album, you know, it's, there's nothing fancy about it. It doesn't sound <laughs> awesome. But it did exactly what we had hoped it would do. And it just kind of caught fire. And the next summer, you know, everyone was coming back just ready to go. And, and the reports, the, the testimonies that were coming in, you know, from these teenagers who were having encounters with Jesus at home and with their families and all this stuff, it was just really, really powerful. Mm-hmm. And so that was kind of the start of, of the music side. And then when we were recording our, our second album, there was just something and it's funny because whenever we try to verbalize it, it's hard to verbalize, but there's just something that happened in the yeah. conference that made us go, this is going to go outside of, of here. Like God is launching yeah. this into something. And and that's exactly what happened. It wasn't mm-hmm. uh, too long until people started saying, can you come and do a Jesus Culture Conference in our city or in our country? And so a lot of people knew the music because the music kind of took off when the How He Loves YouTube video went viral. Right. Um, but slowly people caught on to see, oh, it's not just um, a band or albums. That it, it's, a, it's a ministry. Um, and it just grew from there, doing conferences all over the world and all over the states. And then, you know, uh, almost three years ago now, we planted a church in Sacramento. So Jesus Culture is now now a church. <laughs> yep. And Carrie, and my, my wife Carrie and I have visited you guys and just love what God's doing there. It's a... For those of you in the Sacramento area, you got to go. And even if you're in Northern California somewhere, yeah, you got to yeah. go and, and, and check out Banning and the, the team there. They just love the Lord and His presence is, yeah. is always powerful there. So thank you guys for what yeah. you do. So you, um, in the midst of Jesus culture, there's been some years and journeying, but uh, your husband Skylar and you met somewhere in that. So tell us a little yeah. bit about how that yeah. happened. <laughs> Yeah, Skylar and I, um, you know, we actually both grew up in the same little farm town in Oregon, wow. uh, Klamath Falls, Oregon, tiny little farm town. I knew him as a kid and I was in love with him when I was a kid. And <laughs> no he would not give me the time of day. Um, typical farm boy. He was only interested in being outside and, you know, playing in the dirt, whatever. Yeah. Not interested in talking to girls. And um, he graduated high school two years before I did and moved with his family um, out of state and, um, didn't, didn't see him again. And that, that was it. I, I kept trying to get him to have a conversation with me because I, I kept saying, if he would just talk to me, he'd know he wants to marry me. And my mom was like, Kim, you're crazy. And, um, 10 years later, I was, you know, Jesus culture had kind of blown up and, and my ministry had kind of blown up and I was traveling and doing lots of different things and multiple albums at this point. And, um, I ran into him randomly at a conference in Washington and, um, there's, it was a conference like me about 5,000 people and we had a mutual friend and ended up 
running into each other through this mutual friend. And immediately I recognized him, you know, from when I was a little girl and immediately felt all like, okay. you know, bubbly inside, like that little girl again. It all came and, back. Um, yeah, totally. And, and it's funny because I didn't know like what he was doing with his life or whether he was single or not, none of that. And we ended up um, going out to lunch in a group of people. And afterwards, him and I kind of broke away from the group and went to this park and had a conversation like, what have you been doing the last 10 years? And he was single. And we found out that over the course of the 10 years, we had had pretty similar journeys, like looked looked different, but similar journeys and kind of landed in the same place. And um, we ended up married eight months after that. Good That's grief. kind of the short version of the story. Yeah. He, he jumped right into the, the whirlwind that is Jesus culture. And <laughs> we've been married eight years now. So congrats. Yeah. Well, I, Carrie and I met him in his shop with you and just loved him, love his spirit. And yeah, eight years a is, is a good, good number. So congratulations. So we've Thank talked you. some about your background, Jesus culture. You know, marriage a little bit. We're going to start heading into just to all you leaders listening out there. Um, just some applicable things, I think, for all of us, just from Kim and just our time listening to her and um, what God's done through her. But for all the moms out there and all the mm-hmm. married women leading, how has marriage and yeah. motherhood impacted or changed your leadership in any way, Kim? Yeah, you know, I guess one of the first questions I get asked a lot, especially by newlyweds is, um, how, how do you like kind of keep your connection to Jesus? How do you do that together? Right. Cause I think it's kind of bizarre, especially if you've been single for longer than, you know, two years. Yeah. Um, it's you, if you get into a routine of like, this is what I kind of do in my daily routine and spending time with Jesus. And then suddenly there's this other person there and you, and right when you <laughs> first get married, you have it in your heart. Like, wouldn't this be awesome if we just do this together? together yeah. <laughs> like that every day we worship Jesus and we pray together and we do this together and then it feels a little awkward because yeah. suddenly because it's a really personal sacred time and then there's this person kind of coming into it and it feels kind of different and then you feel bad because you kind of think I don't know if I actually want them in my personal time with Jesus <laughs> but how do I have that conversation with them right. you know and so I just I try to encourage, you know, especially the newlyweds who always ask this question to just find what works for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, praying together is really important. Mm-hmm. and powerful, but don't feel like it has to be like that all yeah. the time or every day or that you can't have both because the way that you connect with Jesus could be very different than how your spouse connects with Jesus. And that's what Skylar and I found out. Like he wants to go out into the trees in the mountains <laughs> and spend time alone with Jesus lost in the wilderness. And I'm like, um, yeah, I I'm good. I, I don't know that I want to do it that way, you know? Yeah. And um, so we we have our ways and times of connecting with him individually, yeah. but then we also make it a point and a purpose to pray together. Yeah. And, and both of those are important. And it's just going to be different, I think, just like any relationship. It's mm-hmm. important to remember that it, it doesn't have to be the same way every day, that yeah. there can be life and creativity in your relationship with the Lord and in how you you connect with him and then how you do that together yeah and then becoming a mom that just like <laughs> threw everything everything out the window because before kids it was like 
I could spend, you know, hours in a day if I wanted, just spending time with Jesus, you know, worshiping, working on songwriting, whatever it is. And then (laughs) I become a mom and it's like, I'm lucky if I can get five minutes because (laughs) kids, they just don't, they don't understand any kind of concept of I need some space or alone time. They just demand your time and attention all the time. And I think um, moms especially will struggle with the mom guilt. We've heard that term before. The the like, I I have to give them everything. I have to pour out all of my energy, everything into them. And, you know, the the last couple of years, the Lord has really taught me and spoke to me about taking care of myself and still putting myself first and Mm -hmm. not in a way that's selfish, but in a way that says, I want my kids and my husband to get the best version of me. But the only way that they're going to get the best version of me is if I take care of myself and take care of what I need. And so I make sure it's really important in my day that I have even a few moments to connect with the Lord. And I don't beat myself up if it is only five minutes because God isn't limited to time. He can do whatever he wants in five minutes or five days. And I just take whatever time I can get. And if I can read my Bible in that time, great. If all I can do is pray in that time, great. If all I can do is listen to a worship song in that time, great. I just do whatever it is I can do that makes me feel connected to him. And I'm thankful. I'm just thankful for whatever time I get. And I trust Mm -hmm. God to do something spectacular with that time. And I, I remind myself that it's a season, you know, that this is what the older, more experienced moms will tell (laughs) you that it's a season that as your kids grow older, you'll get more time. You'll get to have things a little bit different, that it's just, you know, while they're, while they're young, it's a little bit harder and it's, it's all just seasons. Yeah. So you just said a, a couple of huge things, I think for everybody listening that, I don't want them to miss one. You said Skylar and you had different ways of connecting with God. So you had, you know, he likes to go out in nature and then you're, you're different. Mm -hmm. And for all of us, we can't lead anyone if we hadn't connected with the Lord. So the takeaway I'm hearing is find your time with God. Your family's important. That's part of leading worship and part of the worship you lead, but find that time with God and what works for you. So that's a, that's a huge thing. And, Part of leading worship every day is the way that we serve and love our family. So those are two huge takeaways I just heard. Kim, this probably ties into the question before a little bit, but I know in Worship Circle you've taught about leading in every season, and we all know Mm -hmm. we have mountaintop seasons where the sun is shining and movie music's playing in the background, then we have the valleys of our (laughs) lives. It's like, Lord, when is this going to end? Just to talk briefly a little bit about just how you've had to do that in your life. Yeah. Um, these last three years in particular, and I, I've spent a lot of time talking about this and processing this in, in the last three years in particular, because these have been really hard, hard years. I, I had my boys, um, 14 months apart. And then as you know, I'm, I'm currently pregnant with number three. So as soon as she shows (laughs) up, I'm, I'm going to have three kids ages three and under, which is kind of crazy. But, um, and in the midst of having babies and becoming a mom, I was moving. I, we were planting a church. My, uh, dad passed away Mm -hmm. and, um, I, I just had so much transition and so many hard things all at once right. and all, all things that trigger a lot of stress and anxiety in anybody's life, sure. you know? And, um, 
I, I had to learn how to keep worshiping in the midst of that, especially mm-hmm. when it was things like when my, my dad passed away from a disease and, and wrestling with, I know God that you are the healer. I know that you, you do heal, but he, he wasn't healed and he still passed away. Yeah. And, and just kind of the things that we, we wrestle through with God and having to still like get up on a stage and lead worship and sing songs mm-hmm. that say things that I was kind of questioning and kind of, you know, just wrestling through with him. And, and the first thing that I learned in that season was that God is not afraid of my, my questions or my wrestling, that he's, he's ready to get in that with me. He's ready to take on those tough questions. He's not angry about it. He's not mad about it. He's not disappointed in me. There's no, um, you know, lack of, it's, it's not even about a a lack of faith. It's Mm -hmm. just about, I'm wrestling through something right now and I, I need to work this out in my relationship with him. And then the other part of it was this verse that the Lord had given me years previous that I just would cling to, which was Hosea 2.14 into about, you know, verse 17. And it says, therefore, I'm now going to allure her. I will lead her into the desert and there I will speak tenderly to her. I will make in the valley of trouble a door of hope and will restore her and she will sing as in the days of her youth. And wow. this whole section of scripture was so powerful to me because of the first few words where it says, I will lead her into mm. the desert. And I, <laughs> it just jumped out and slapped me across the face. You know, like we, we think when we get into these desert times, these hard times, that we've done something wrong yeah. or, you know, we, we missed a turn somewhere. Some of us will punish ourselves and go, I, I need to step down from worship leading because I'm obviously doing something wrong or I'm off or I need to, you know, whatever it is and kind of sit back and try to look at, you know, where, what, what we did wrong, but to see that God is the one who leads us into every season that he's there. And I think, you know, in Proverbs, it says that man makes his plans, but the Lord aligns his steps. And I think that when you're a life that is surrendered to the Lord, that you can trust him, that he is guiding your steps, even in the hard times and in the tough seasons. And the way that we can still choose to worship in the tough seasons is just that. It's just picking ourselves up and not being afraid to be honest about, I'm in this tough season right now, but I'm choosing to worship and I'm choosing to, to trust him and to, um, keep moving forward. You know, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, yeah. though I walk, I don't make camp. I don't just sit <laughs> yeah, down. I don't wallow. <laughs> yeah. I keep moving. I keep walking and I'm trusting him that he's going to lead me through the season, no matter what. And, and also one of the, the biggest things that kind of kept resounding through my mind as well was that you know it's not about me that worship it's it's all about him and that i can i can take my eyes off of me and my circumstances and i can put them on him that he's worthy and he's deserving of my worship even in those tough times and even in the tough circumstances and i want to bring him that and that's that's the true sacrifice of praise that that we don't get this opportunity in heaven in heaven it's not like there's going to be hardships that we'll be walking through (laughs) you know this is here on earth is the only time and place that we actually get to truly bring a sacrifice of praise that this is what gives so much 
worth to my worship, when I still choose to worship him in the midst of the trial, when I still choose to love him and to not withhold anything and, and, and to not have to fake it either. Like I can, I can be honest with him and say, man, I'm, I'm mad at you, God. I'm frustrated. (laughs) I don't understand what's going on, but I'm going to keep worshiping. I'm going to keep loving you. Like we all have those, like with family, our spouses, you might get mad, you might get upset, but it doesn't mean you don't love them. You know, like it's the same, it's the same thing. It's the same way in our relationship with God that he's not afraid of the mess. He's not afraid to get Mm -hmm. in the middle of all of that with us. And we're the ones who have to choose to keep pouring out our love, to keep worshiping because he's worthy, because he's deserving, and because this is our chance and our opportunity to bring a sacrifice of praise. Gosh, Kim, let's close in prayer. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) An altar call. Yeah, right now. now. Here we go on the podcast. That was so good. Oh, man, I hope everybody was paying attention um, and listening. That's huge because we all go through valleys, and to think that God would— God would call us into a valley in a season of hardship to know mm-hmm. that he's going to refine us in that and uh, mm-hmm. make us more like him. Ouch. Yep. We don't look forward to it, but man, in the keep worshiping in those seasons is always the right response, and it always leads our heart toward what is true. So, Kim, you guys have been a band for a bunch of years now, and community, mm-hmm. I know for you guys, is a big deal. Yeah. Um, we, yep. t- we talked about it in a session a, a couple months back, and I just know from talking to you, that's a big deal. What would you say to church Mm -hmm. teams listening now? It's like, hey, sometimes we don't get along or, you know, this person, I've got a beef with this person and, you know, I'm thinking about it. I can't leave because I'm so frustrated. You know, totally. Yeah, we we've all been together for 17 years, um, and some of us, like you know, Chris was a kid in the youth group with Danny yeah. when he was a youth pastor. So even longer, you know, for him as far as relationship yeah. goes. Uh, you know, when you have been doing life and ministry with people for 17 years, mm-hmm. you go through a lot of things together. We we were all kind of you know young kids together. We were we all got married around the same time. We're starting families around the same time. We've gone through so many different, you know, hardships, disagreements. We've gre- we've grieved together. We've um, rejoiced together, celebrated together. We've kind of walked through the gamut of everything. And, you know, there, the two things that kind of have stood out to me the most in all of that time, one is that Community is worth fighting for. Like having those people in your life is absolutely worth fighting for. And it's really important, you know, to have, you know, healthy relationships, to have boundaries, to, you know, obviously I would never encourage someone to um, stay in a place where it's an abusive type relationship or just Mm -hmm. really certainly unhealthy. But even, but if it's like, you know, the little things, the little things that are kind of the petty things that aren't such a big deal. Um, those are the things that we need to work through and push past and yeah. to see the people that we we also have to remember that we have an enemy and, and it's not people that our fight is, against, is not against flesh and blood it's mm-hmm. principalities and powers and I think that sometimes it's so easy for us to get offended and to allow that to pull us out of community or to walk away yeah. but I just think after everything that I've gone through and that community is, is worth fighting for and it's worth working things out. And then 
the other thing is that we've kind of set up for ourselves and for our team kind of a a, a code of contact or co- conduct, and mm-hmm. we call it a social agreement. And it's like this is how we agree to treat each other, and it's things like we're going to always assume the best. Yeah. Where if if I get hurt or offended, I'm not going to assume that you did it on purpose. <laughs> I'm not going to assume that you're a jerk. I'm actually going to assume the best about you, and then I'm going to talk to you about it. You know, that's we, great. We want to confront. We don't want issues to sit unresolved. We don't let them go long. We we act on things immediately the moment it happens or an mm-hmm. offense or a disagreement or whatever it is. We um we always put relationship first and we want to move towards each other. That's one of our our goals always in in relationship is connection. It's not I'm going to fight you because I'm right. right. I'm going to prove to you I'm right. That our number one goal even in working through a disagreement is coming to a place of connection. Yeah. And um so all of those things like keeping the relationship first and assuming the best and confrontation these are all things that we've established in our community that have helped to keep our relationships healthy and thriving and moving forward and also just acting in a way that is more Christ-like which is to love people, to serve them, to serve our team, to serve the people around us, to you know, walk in humility towards each other. And, right. and, um, yeah. And so I, I'm always all, all about encouraging people in community and, and relationship. Cause that's something that I've seen so much fruit in my own life that this is how I've grown the most, like the, the most growth in me as a leader, as a person, it has all come out of community and out of what I've walked through with the people in my community. It's the feedback. It's the mm-hmm. having someone come and to consistently give you feedback and to help you grow. And also like people who they won't let you forget who you are or they, yeah. they won't let you misbehave or act like, <laughs> you know, sorry, you don't get to act like a 10 year old. Right. You're 30 now. You know, they're the people who are going to be there if your head gets too big. (laughs) They're they're happy to burst your bubble and bring you back down to reality. You know, the most growth has definitely come from my community and these people that I have fought for in my life. Yeah. And you've talked about this before. We we really do have to fight for it because there is an enemy and he wants to divide the troops and he wants you to be jealous or compare and all that stuff. So if you're on a church team leading and you find that you've got that spirit in you that's not from God and um, Kim would say and we would also just encourage you to go to that person with the love of of the Lord and be open to what he wants to teach you and teach them in the process Mm -hmm. but that's a huge piece to leadership and moving forward well let's let's talk a little bit about worship circle you've been a coach now for golly almost coming up on a year and a half and yep. um, you've had some uh, some girls groups and worship circle yeah. community groups. What What's that been like for you? And what are some of the things you've seen God do in your small group? Yeah, I I really loved it. I've I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's it's really fun for me as um, a leader and someone who's been doing this for so many years now to be able to kind of just share what I've learned and pour mm-hmm. out what I what I have to give and to to share that. And especially um, as a woman, I really want to see other women grow as yeah. leaders and grow in their worship leading. And I think. Um, you know, 
there there is a lot more men out there doing <laughs> yes there um, is than the women and the women uh, like me might be moms who are busy raising little babies and may not always have all the time in the world to invest or may not be able to be doing it full time and only able to do part time you know but they still want to grow and i just think yeah. worship circle is a really great way to do that to mm-hmm. um kind of just have some consistent feedback and ideas and just someone pouring into you and i just i love that i think it's really great and it's been fun to see the the relationships kind of the connections amongst the different worship leaders happen that's really been beautiful that's crazy and uh kim would say this too but we just want you to know you're not alone out there and we set up worship circles so you could be in community with leaders just like you from really all over the world we've got people all over the world jumping in right now but I just want to say you've been an amazing coach, and um, it's been so good to watch God use you um, just to multiply your leadership in the lives of these women. We've had girls from you know England jumping in and just all over the yeah. United States, and uh, it's been fun to watch. We've got a retreat coming up, and yeah. this will probably air in the fall sometime. So if you're listening, I want you mm-hmm. to pay attention. But Kim... Christy Knuckles, Paul Balash, and myself are going to be in Santa Cruz at Mount Hermon, November 7th through 9th. And we can't wait for you to join us. We'd love to just offer that invitation. If you'd like to jump in, it's going to be awesome. And Kim, we've done two of these. This will be the first one you're jumping in as a coach. But um, it's just we, we spend time online, you know, doing these sessions monthly with our groups. And this will be a time for us to come together in person and actually worship together for the first time. And just rest, because we all give so much. We give as moms and um, as worship leaders in our different roles. And um, Kim, we're just glad you're going to be with us for that. And um, just want to extend that invitation to anyone listening. You can apply at worshipcircle.com slash rest. That's actually for the retreat. And if you're listening today and you'd like to be a member to apply for Kim's group, you can go to worshipcircle.com slash apply and uh, jump in and make an application for that. But anything else you'd like to say in closing, Kim? It's just been awesome to have you on today. No, yeah, I I would just give a big resounding yes to everything you just said. (laughs) It's an awesome experience, and for anyone who's curious, they should definitely jump in. It's been really good. Yeah, well, we will keep praying for you guys and all that God's going to continue to do through you and Jesus Culture through you and Skylar and your wonderful family. And by the time this airs, you will have your precious daughter with you. So Yes. Yep. <laughs> You'll be a mom of three instead of two. So Yeah. Um, but hey Kim, just as your brother and just for all the listeners, um, I just I remember um I was at Outcry the other night in Atlanta and um it's crazy because Carrie and I went out to meet you and the time we came to hear you, you you had to be home because one of your kids was sick. And uh, we ended up having coffee, and I was like, I've heard Kim recorded, but I've never been live when she's leading. But I would just remember you guys started out the um, the night and did kind of a medley of some hymns and stuff. And the minute I, I heard you sing, I was just like, Lord, thank you. You know, you're just a gift of the church and um, the gift that God's given you. But, you know, more importantly, the heart he's given you for him and to lead people to experience his love and worship is just huge. So thank you on behalf of so many, and thank you for thank your time you. today. Thanks, Todd. And the guys, also, Kim, as always, has 
boo koodles of amazing recorded projects. Her latest one is On My <laughs> Side, and it's a great yep. project. So if you don't have that, be sure to go to iTunes or find uh, record stores or download locations everywhere to pick that up. And uh, Jesus Culture may, by the time this airs, also have a new record out. Their last one, Let It Echo, was the most recent as of now. And if you don't have that, you got to pick it up. Mm-hmm. Awesome songs for the church. And just for you and your personal worship with with the Lord. So, Kim, thanks again for yep. being with us, and uh, we'll yeah, we'll, thank we'll you. see you online in worship circle. All right. Hey, thanks for listening today, and we want you to remember that as you lead, we stand with you. There are thousands in the kingdom united with you to bring the message of hope in Christ as you lead week after week. We'll see you next time.